good morning. Uh, my name is Grant. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, excited to be here with you guys this morning. Um, uh, excited just to worship with you guys. Excited for those who are watching online. Thank you guys for tuning in online this morning. Uh, today uh, is a big day. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Um, how many of you guys plan to watch the Super Bowl later today? How many of you guys don't plan to watch the Super Bowl later today? Okay, there you go. There you go. Um, interesting fact about the Super Bowl, it's estimated that 100 million people, 100 million people in the United States alone will tune in to watch the Super Bowl. Uh, it's historically one of the most watched um, uh, TV events in the U.S., um, but a little fun fact for you guys, still today, the number one most watched television event ever broadcasted was uh, something that took place in 1969. Apollo 11 landed on the moon, and that is still today the number one most watched TV event in the United States. Pretty crazy uh, that that took place. If there are any Cowboys fans in here, just want to let you guys know, I heard some good news. Uh, they say next year could be the year uh, for them to make the Super Bowl. All they need is a great quarterback. <clears throat> A great running back, a great offensive line, great receivers, great defense, and a great coaching staff, and they're going to be there, guys. So just hold on, hold on. We are getting closer. Uh, but no, uh, uh, excited to be here with you guys. As Nick said, we are still in our series, What Love? Uh, we'll be in John chapter 19 this morning. Um, and so I invite you to go ahead and turn there. If you uh, uh, have a, your Bible with you, your tablet or device, we'll be in John chapter 19 uh, this morning. And later, as Nick said, we will be taking communion uh, together. Uh, so real quick, before we jump into chapter 19, just to catch you guys up, retrace our steps as to what's brought us here so far. Uh, everything we've been looking at in the book of John, all the way back into the fall, if you guys remember our series, Tell Me Something Good, we started the gospel of John at that time. And then at the beginning of the year, we started this series, What Love, which is looking at the second part, the second half of the gospel of John. And it's all been leading us up to this moment today that we're going to be looking at in the story of our Savior. Uh, we see Jesus, um, and we see uh, mention of the cross from the very beginning in John chapter 1. Um, it's pointing to the, uh, to the cross. John chapter 1, verse 29 is going to be up on the screen. It says, the next day, John, being John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So from the very beginning, we've been pointing to Jesus, and we've been pointing to this moment that he would come to save, that he would come to save us. Uh, over the last few months, we've been talking about uh, the way Jesus lived, his teachings, the things he was able to do, the miracles he performed. Um, I talked about some uh, individuals, uh, some guys named Nicodemus, John the Baptist, the Samaritan woman. Talked about some of the disciples of Jesus, uh, Lazarus, uh, Martha, and Mary. Uh, talked about how Jesus washed his disciples' feet. Talked about how the Holy Spirit, the Helper, was being sent for us to be of the vine. And last week in chapter 17... Uh, Pastor Todd talked to us about Jesus' final prayer. And in that moment, he's praying for us. He's praying for unity, for you and for I. And so it brings us fast forward to chapter um, uh, 18. Jesus is betrayed by Judas. Uh, the followers have abandoned him. Jesus is thinking of us as he's going about all of this. He's illegally put on trial. He's sentenced to death. All the while, he is fulfilling what he set out to do. All the while, he is fulfilling what he set out to do. And today, in chapter 19, we come to the cross. Uh, big takeaway, if there's anything you guys leave here this morning with, it's going to be this, that what love our God has for us. What love our God has for us. What we're going to read about today, talk about today, what we've already sang about today, when we take communion, we'll be looking back and thinking about this today, is that 
Jesus gave up his life freely for us on the cross, and it has changed the world, and it's still doing it today. So because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, we get to experience God's free gift of eternal life. Uh, Charles Spurgeon said this of the cross. It's going to be up on the screen for you guys. It says, No scene in sacred history ever gladdens the soul like the scene on Calvary. Nowhere does the soul ever find such consolation as on that very spot where misery reigned, where woe triumphed, and where agony reached its climax. Um, John chapter 10, verse 18 is going to be up here on the screen. Jesus speaking here, No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. For I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. For this is what my Father has commanded. Jesus gives this voluntarily. He gives it freely for you and for I. And so Jesus is being obedient to the Father, living the sinless life, leading up to the cross. He's laying his life down for you and for I. Augustine said he gave up his life because he willed it, when he willed it, and as he willed it. And he's doing this for you and for I. So I can't say this enough. He's doing it for you. He's doing it for you. He's doing it for you. Um, if you will, uh, turn to verse 17 in John chapter 19, and we'll begin reading there. Uh, verse 17. Carrying the cross by himself, he went to the place called Place of the Skull, and in Hebrew meaning Golgotha. Uh, now keep in mind, he's been up all night, clothes torn, he's been beaten, flogged, mocked, slapped, his back shredded, and he's wearing a crown of thorns. It says, there they nailed him to the cross. Two others were crucified with him, one on either side with Jesus between them. And Pilate, the man that judged Jesus and sentenced him, posted a sign on the cross that read, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. So he's hanging on the cross. The physical torment has not stopped. Uh, his mother watches from the crowd. He's still being laughed at. He's still being mocked. As he's hanging there on the cross, wounds from him being crucified are showing. Uh, but in this moment, he knew who he was dying for. In this moment, he knew why he was on the cross. He knew what put him on the cross, who put him on the cross. Once and for all, his blood would be the payment for all sins. Once and for all, it would be done. Um, verse 28 through 30. Uh, verse 28 says, Jesus knew that his mission was now finished, and to fulfill scripture, he said, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put it on a hyssop branch, and held it up to his lips. And when Jesus had tasted it, he, tasted it, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. He gives it voluntarily. And he said, it is finished. And so what love, church, what love our God has for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, Billy Graham says it like this. He says, the cross shows the seriousness of our sin, but it also shows us the immeasurable love, the immeasurable love of our God. Sin, it's our rebellion against God. You have it, I have it, you've done it, I've done it. It's our disobedience, it's a spiritual heart problem. 
And pretty much we're saying our path over his, our way over his. I know what's right, you don't, and I'm going to do things my way. It's our disobedience towards God is what sin is. And the punishment for our sin is physical and eternal death. This is the wages of sin is death, and that is what is due towards us for this. We all have sinned, not one of us is clean. And so the payment for our sin for us is death. But Jesus steps in and takes a place for us. Jesus' death on the cross, Jesus takes our sin and the punishment upon himself. We all have sin that Jesus died for. Not one of us is clean. And there's not one sin that Jesus did not give up his life for. It's all been wiped away. It's all done. Our sin has been forgiven. And what love the Father has for us. What love Jesus has for us. What love our God has for us. Um, turn your attention to Isaiah 53, verse 6. It's going to be up here on the screen. It says, All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. So we all have sinned. We all have been separated. I'm going to invite you guys to read along with me up on the screen. So right now we're going to focus on Isaiah 53, verse 6. And Isaiah 53, verse 12. Uh, Isaiah was a book that's written in Hebrew about seven to 800 years before the time of Christ, uh, written as a, a prophecy of Jesus is what we see in Isaiah chapter 53. So <clears throat> we're going to say, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. If you guys will read this with me, one, two, three. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Isaiah 53, 6, the latter part of that verse. And now Isaiah 53, 12. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. If you guys will read this with me. One, two, three. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. <clears throat> so uh, this was written in uh, Hebrew. And so what you see here in um, the Hebrew language is, is a word used, and it's called paga. It's going to show up on your screen here, kind of give you guys an idea of what this word means. So you see paga um, <clears throat> means to meet or to make contact. Uh, can also mean falling upon as to kill or strike in a violent form. It can also mean in the form of contact as in like interceding. Um, <clears throat> and we see depending on what follows up this word paga can change the, uh, its meaning based off what preposition is used after it. I could care less about prepositions, but sometimes they're important for English. So there you go. Um, but... <clears throat> This paga, this word is used two different times here in verse 6 and verse 12. So in verse 6, uh, this is going to be up here on the screen for you. It says, God lays on him the sins of us all. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all in verse 6. And then in verse 12, it says, he bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. So what this one author describes is like the double paga of this Hebrew word of the Messiah is this right here. So we see two different versions of it. It's like a physical contact, making contact is being laid upon Christ. But at the same time, Christ is interceding for us. So it's more of a making an appeal in the form of a verbal communication here, making contact. And this is how, how this comes out. It says, in the very moment that God lays my sin and your sin upon Christ in a violent form, Jesus makes contact and lays his petition for us at the Father's feet. And so as your sin and my sin fall upon Jesus, he falls to the Father's feet and makes a petition for us. Something that I don't deserve, 
something that we don't deserve. Our sin is laid upon Jesus, and he says, not them, but on me. And as violent as the cross is meant to be, as a place of torment, as an ugly picture, as the cross is meant to be, Jesus turns it into something beautiful. An act of love, an act of grace, and he does it for you, and he does it for me. Chad Bird writes that he is both sacrifice, the bearer of sin, and priest, intercessor for sinners, so that in him the many are accounted righteous. He is both the sacrifice and the high priest. As the Father places our sin upon him, Jesus places his petition for us at the Father's feet. What love our God has for us. Uh, John chapter 19, verse 30, we've, we've read it already. He said, it is finished. It is done, it's completed, it's fulfilled. And what's finished, you may be asking. This horrible place of the cross, what took place there, it's that our sin is paid. The prophecies are finished. The old covenant is done. No longer do we need to sacrifice blood for our sins. Jesus sacrifices his blood for our sins. The body is broken. The blood is shed. The payment of our sin was finished. The work of the cross was now finished. God's justice and his satisfaction for it was finished. And so in this moment, I, I can't give you guys a good enough picture. I can't do it justice with words um, of just what the cross looked like, what took place, of what our Jesus went through, what our Savior went through. And then also I can't think of like how my sins placed him there. How my sins put him there. How our sins did that to him. Uh, what an ugly picture that would be for us to actually physically be there. But to think that he did that for me, in an act of love, an act of grace, he did it for you and for I, that he showed us his love. And he freely gave it. He voluntarily gave it for us. That what love our God has for us. And he gives it freely. Adrian Rogers says that Jesus didn't die to make bad people good, but to make dead people live. Uh, Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Our sin has a payment. We owe a debt. Jesus steps in. He takes that debt, and he makes the payment for us, and he gives us a free gift. God gives us this free gift of eternal life. Uh, there's going to be a picture that uh, pops up on the screen of you, uh, for you guys. Uh, this guy, uh, his name is uh, Niels Bolin. Um, he's a Swedish engineer. Uh, so in 1959, Volvo brings him on um, to come and work for him, uh, to, uh, to work for them. And so this guy right here, uh, would go on to create one of the greatest inventions of all time. More likely, you all use it, you've been using it, and you'll continue to use it. Um, but Niels worked at Volvo, and his main focus was on safety. Uh, that, that was his big thing, the big thing he, he focused on, uh, went all the way back to his history. Of this, that's, that's, that was his big uh, goal um, and his um, staple. 
Um, so in 1959, seatbelts weren't a staple in cars at that time. Uh, a lot of times what seatbelts that you did uh, see in vehicles at that time were just a simple lap band, uh, like what you'd see in a roller coaster, have fun with that, uh, or an airplane. I mean, you know, you're just not that safe in, in, in a lap band seatbelt. So he worked on these things to try to figure out how he could make automobiles safer by making seatbelts safer. Um, and so in one short year, Niels um, invented the V-type uh, what he called the V-type three-point safety belt. It's what we all use today. It goes across your waist and also across your chest. Uh, following standard procedure of an invention, he filed for a patent. Um, and so with patents, it takes a few years. And so while they're waiting on this patent to come through, uh, Volvo began to produce these seatbelts. They went ahead and started pushing them out on all their makes and models uh, to go ahead and just go ahead and start using these uh, seatbelts. Um, and so in 1962, a few years later, the U.S. Uh, patent office granted Niels uh, this three-point safety belt patent uh, and this safety uh, design. And so now Volvo had to decide how they would use it. Well, uh, he met with Volvo's president at the time by the name of Gunnar Ingelau, uh, and they were trying to figure out what to do. So they came up with three options originally. First, they said, well, we can just keep it for ourselves and only produce it in Volvo makes and models. And, you know, that way people would want to buy our vehicles. We'd make a lot of money that way. Or we could sell the patent, making pretty much other people would have to buy rights to use it and produce it, and that way they could put it in their vehicles. Or Volvo would be the sole producer of it, and people would just have to pay them all the money for those seatbelts. Either way, whatever they went with, the money was going to be crazy. Like it was a safety feature in vehicles that hadn't been seen yet. And so the money to be made was ridiculous. Um, and so they were looking at the options, trying to figure out what they were doing. In the meantime, over the past few years, they saw that after these seatbelts had been used in the Volvo makes and models, they saw how, how, safety, uh, how safe they were. They saw the data that came back that showed how, how helpful they were in collisions and in accidents in automobiles. They kept people safe. And so with the options to make millions and millions in front of them on the table, Niels and Gunner instead decided to look at another option, at a fourth option. Instead, they could just simply give it away freely. You see, Gunnar Ingelau, the president of the company, recently had lost a family member to an automobile accident, and he knew the value of what this seatbelt could do. He knew that something like this could, could save people, could help people. And so with the options before them, they decided to simply give it away, not make any money off of it, but instead allow it to help lives, to save lives. And so they gave it away. And it's estimated that over the course of the years, it saved uh, millions of lives from automobile accidents and collisions. And it's been, uh, since then, the industry standard in safety for seatbelts. That's why we all have them. We all have that type of uh, seatbelt. They gave it away freely. And God gives us this gift through his son Jesus freely. If we would just simply believe, and what a gift it is, that he freely gave himself up to be arrested. He freely gave himself up to go to trial. He allowed them to sentence him to death because he knew what he was doing. He allowed himself to be taken to the cross, hung on the cross, and he gave up his life for us on the, on the cross. He freely gave us these things. Simply so we would just simply accept this free gift that he offers us. Verse 23 of Romans 6 says, For the wages of sin is death. 
but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, I was around nine years old uh, for me when I made the decision uh, to follow Jesus. Uh, many of you sitting out here today have made the decision to follow Jesus. Uh, different ages, different stories, different things that led you to that moment. Uh, for me, I, I realized that I was a sinner. I realized that I was one of the ones that Jesus had gave his life up for. I realized that my sin was what put Jesus there and that he gave up his life for me. And that without Jesus, if I did not choose to follow Jesus, then for me, I deserved physical and eternal death. But if I believed in Jesus and if I accepted him and followed him and placed my trust in him as my Lord and Savior, then I would be able to experience this free gift that God gives us in eternal life. And that he paid for all of my sin. And guys, we could all make a list, and I guarantee mine's going to be really, really long. It's going to be one of the longest and stuff. And it's like, what love the Father has for us, that he did that for our sin, that he did it for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Agent Rogers said this is, uh, said this of God's free gift to us, that death is just a, a comma to the Christian, not a period. This free gift is for you. And for the person ready to follow Jesus today, this can be your story too. This can be your story too. Uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 10 through 11 is going to be up on the screen for you. It says, when he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ to you sitting here this morning, your story is not finished. It's not. When Jesus said, it is finished, he gave us a way for us to get out of our sin, for us to stop living in this life that we've been living in. When he said, it is finished, he said, it's done, over. I've got it. I've paid for it. And if you just accept this free gift that God gives us, that you, could, that you too can have eternal life. Your story is not finished. This can be your story. Um, like I said, many of you have already made that decision to follow Jesus. But if there's anybody out there this morning, listening online, whoever, if you have not made that decision to follow Jesus, this morning we want to give you that opportunity. We want to give you that chance to simply make that decision to put your faith and trust in Jesus. Realizing what he has done for you, what he's done for me. And in response, giving your life to follow Jesus. Uh, there's going to be a prayer on the screen, and during this time, I invite you guys to bow your head and pray, but if you want to pray this prayer, just simply leave your eyes open and read along as I pray this prayer. There's, there's no magical words up here. It's just you simply saying, I'm placing my trust in Jesus. It's just, just your confession of your trust in Jesus. If you will bow your heads and pray with me. Jesus, I need you. I believe you died for my sins on the cross. I believe you came back from the dead. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. Please save me and help me to follow you. Amen. And now the Bible says that whoever calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. They cross from death to life.
You're now a brother and sister in Christ with us if you made that decision this morning. They're adopted into God's family, marked with the seal by the Holy Spirit. And if you made that decision to follow Jesus this morning, we just want to celebrate that with you. And this morning, we want to give you an opportunity just to, to talk with somebody here in a moment at one of our Connect Corners. And we just love to sit down and talk to you about what your next steps with Jesus look like, what you can do to follow Jesus now that you've accepted God's free gift. We'd love to talk with you. Uh, but real quick, right now, we just want to take time to remember what Christ has done for us. Christ gave us a way to remember him uh, by taking communion. It's also called the Lord's Supper. It's a way we can look back and think of what he's done for us on the cross. As violent as it was, it was also a beautiful act of love for us. That We can look back and see what he's done for us. We can celebrate that and reflect on that. Uh, communion is for everyone who's placed their faith and trust in Jesus. It's for followers of Jesus. And so followers of Jesus, we invite you to take part in communion this morning. Uh, you'll find communion kits are placed in your seats already. Uh, for those of you watching online, those kits were made available early this week, so we hope that you've been able to pick one up so you can participate this morning. Uh, but during this next song, we ask that you go ahead and get your communion kits ready. They are a little tricky to open. Uh, and during this song, we ask that you simply reflect on what Christ has done for you. Uh, we're going to sing this song together. After we sing this song, Keaton's going to lead us in the taking of these elements. But this is a time of contemplation. This is a time of remembering. And that during this song, whatever posture you choose, however you'd like to be when you sing this song, when you reflect on the words of this song, when you reflect on the body that was broken and the blood that was shed for us, we just ask you to do whatever's comfortable to you in this moment thinking about the words, thinking about Christ, that as God lays our sins upon Jesus, he lays his petition for us at the Father's feet. If you will sing with us this morning.